Denver Broncos running back Javante Williams was spotted back on the practice on Thursday. Friday's practice will be big in determining his status. Will he be ready to go? Plus, we dive into the tell-tape between the Broncos and the Jets this week, and you're going to get all that and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, rocking with us, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast every single day for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, whether the team's winning, losing, whatever it may be, we have you covered every single day. All year long, I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. I cover the team in person in Dove Valley every single day. I cover away games, home games. You get all that action and recap here locked on Broncos. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 here about Broncos country. Let's dive into today's discussion. Obviously for the Broncos, they're gearing up for Sunday's 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time showdown against the New York Jets. There's a lot of history building up between these two teams with several players, but more importantly, everyone's focused on Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett. You want to know what they're focused on? They're focused on their teams. They're really all the hype that we saw in the offseason surrounding the conversation about Sean Payton's comments regarding the coaching job that Nathaniel Hackett did. We felt like at this point there was a lot of hype then, but coming into this week, I mean, folks, there is really no hype for it at all. It was brought up to Nathaniel Hackett when he met with the media on Thursday. If he's, you know, if he feels any certain way about it, he says he's just focused on trying to win a football game. Sean Payton's not worried about that. He, you know, he's already addressed that, he said, back in the offseason. So we'll see if those two talk pregame here. Denver on Sunday, but you know what we were making a big deal out of just you know a month, month and a half, two months ago. Not really a big deal now as both teams come into this matchup with a one and three record apiece. Each team looking to get their second win of the season here, and obviously the Jets last year beat the Denver Broncos in Denver when Denver's defense was arguably playing better than obviously they are right now. We'll see if Denver's defense can find a way to bounce back. We'll dive deep into the tell the tape a little bit later on today's episode of the show here but let's go through our Thursday practice report get some updates here for you as well we, you know we the Broncos had some good news this week with several players coming back now Wednesday's practice Javante Williams he was on the side field working there alongside some other injured players like Kwan Williams Greg Dolcich and even Alex Pauchewski here but on Thursday's practice in the Valley he was no longer on the side field he was back in his jersey and a helmet, and he was back at practice, and obviously the new snow-capped helmets. I can't show footage here on the podcast, but golly, they look so nice, especially the white-on-white. Like Defensive players wore white jerseys at practice. I was, was marveling. I was like, man, that white jersey and that white helmet, gosh, if they could have just made that a, a uniform, if they were able to by NFL rules, that would have been a pretty slick thing to have for them, an all-white set out there, ice out, whatever it may be. Plus, we know that the Broncos are getting a little bit of a new look end zone here this weekend. White end zones, to be specific there, with uh, obviously the old school D logo in the middle here. But good for Javante to be back. You know, I think on a limited status, we'll see where he's at, especially following Friday's practice. We'll do another bonus episode of Lockdown Broncos as we'll talk about our players to watch, keys to victory, and more importantly, give you a final injury update and status ahead of Sunday's matchup here in Denver between these two teams. But 
you know, while Javante returned on Thursday, it was good to see Frank Clark and, and guys like Baron Browning, PJ Locke, Justin Simmons, Josie Jewell, and Mike Purcell, all these guys back on the practice field on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday's practice will be a big determining factor to status of some of those guys. But I mean, I think that Denver is close to having all these guys return. Now, Baron Browning is going to be a little bit different here. We heard from Broncos defensive coordinator Vance Joseph on Thursday, where he talked about for Baron, the hope is that, that he can get up to full speed, maybe next week, a week from now, but they have a 21 day window with Barron. So they don't necessarily have to rush him. There's a difference between, you know, doing running on the side field, which, you know, he's been ramping a lot of that stuff up before he was able to put on the helmet. He was doing conditioning every day, but we're talking about football conditioning, right? It's like when you put on the football pads and you have to smack against somebody else and you have to take that pressure, you know, someone's going to try to block you the football contact fatigue that we always talk about. You got to get in condition for that. So he's got 21 days to do it. It doesn't seem like Sean Payton at this point is trying to rush him back. But like I said, Denver getting guys back healthy is a good sign for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball where they're going through and struggling here. Now, look, I also think another thing to monitor last week when we were talking about the Broncos injury report, we were sitting here doing a show on Locked On and we talked about how Justin Simmons returned on Wednesday. We're like, okay, he's back on Thursday as well. And then on Friday, when we went out for the media viewing portion of practice, Justin was on the side field last week. So, you know, with some of these injuries, as we know that Justin's been dealing with good dating back to training camp, you just have to make sure that they're progressing the right way each and every day that, you know, you don't suffer a setback, things like that. Um, I think it's important to keep an eye on here for the Broncos as we go through Friday's practice in Dove Valley. I'll keep you updated on my social media feed on Twitter at Cody Work NFL, and then you'll get the bonus episode of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see where things are at uh, on Friday here. But, you know, I think that having a guy like Justin Simmons back for the defense at that secondary level right next to Kareem Jackson. I mean, obviously, that's a huge boost to what Denver has. And Josie Jewell, if he's able to go, I mean, it's a big boost at the inside linebacker position. You get Mike Purcell back. You get another big guy who can man the A-gap for you in a rotational role there with DJ Jones and Frank Clark. I mean, now you with the departure of Randy Gregory, you need another outside linebacker to step up into the rotation. And since Frank Clark's been out, Denver, when Randy Gregory was on the roster, they were going through a three-man rotation between Benito Cooper and Randy Gregory. Now they're going to need to see a little bit more. We might even see a little bit of Ronnie Perkins potentially here for the Broncos. But overall, for the defense, you get some of these guys back. I'm very eager to see how does Barron's return, whenever it may be. I don't think it's going to be this weekend against the Jets. How does this impact Denver defensively from a production standpoint? You know, you have to have fresh bodies. We know there's a grueling stretch of play coming up here for Denver on the schedule standpoint. What type of difference can those guys make? And what type of difference can a guy like PJ Locke make, you know, not only just on Denver's top ranked special teams unit that's having a lot of success so far here early on in the season, but also if you do suffer some kind of injury or you have to transition to the dime package, is can he step up and play in that dime role there for Denver? I'm very curious to see about that because Jaquan McMillan, until Kwan Williams comes back, Jaquan McMillan has solidified himself as the team's nickel, according to Vance Joseph. And so Maybe when K1 comes back, then you have Jaquan and then you have K1 playing inside the slot, inside the dime package. Just something to look at here going forward and maybe projecting ahead here. But Denver's going to have to take care of business this week against a tough New York Jets team that, look, while they're one and three, they're not where they want to be. Denver's defense hasn't given a lot of people many reasons to be excited or be optimistic that they can find a way to get stops. But we've seen the NFL, how crazy it is. Week to week, it changes. Can the Broncos defense change the trend that's been happening to them so far through the first four games? of the season 
That's a big question we're going to throw out here. Broncos country, let us know your thoughts down below if you're watching on YouTube or you can always interact with us on social media if you're listening, wherever you get your podcast. One thing we're going to dive into, though, the tale of the tape. Sarah Bettinger and myself, we're going to sit down and we're going to discuss how does the Broncos offense match up against the New York Jets defense? Are the statistical category rankings a little skewed considering the sample size and some of the circumstances surrounding each team? Well, Broncos country, you're going to get all that on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, they make you look good. They have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, which gives you a truly sculpted look. Now, for me, I hit leg day every single day, but the Bird Dogs, the khakis, the joggers, the shorts that I also have, they make the legs pop a little bit. Calf day, leg day, whatever you want to have, they really show it off there. Plus, Bird Dog shorts do exactly the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton and bird dogs. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement, which is super clutch, especially, you know, one thing I like about it, you can wear them as pajamas. You can wear them to the gym. You can wear them while you work out, go for a walk around the the house. If you're taking your dogs out there, I love bird dogs and how comfortable it is. Plus it's cool. They stay they have the, like I said, the cool wicking fabric. It keeps you cool even in the hot conditions out there. Bird dogs tell you what, they come in clutch there. They also use anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They're also functional for any occasion, whether you're going golfing, you have a date night with the Mrs. Reza said you want to go to the gym or just wear it to bed as pajamas. Bird dogs, they have you covered there. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. What does the tale of the tape tell us when the Denver Broncos are on offense and the New York Jets are on defense? What can we expect in this epic week five matchup of two, one and three teams? Cody, I'm excited to discuss it. But before we do, we've got to give a huge shout out to every single one of you out there listening right now to Locked On Broncos, free and available everywhere that you can get podcasts, as well as free and available right here on YouTube. If you're watching, Cody and I, we're so appreciative that you take the time, however you choose to do so, whether you're listening to us on the treadmill, in the car, on your way to work, on your way home from work, whatever it is, however you choose to take part in the show, we can't say thank you enough. We love that we get to do this, and we love that we get to do it together with all of you. So, I'll high salute to you, Cody, the tail of the tape offensively for the Denver Broncos going up against a New York Jets defense that has been, I would say, you know, statistically speaking, maybe not quite as good as we expect them to be based on what we know of Robert Sala's defense. You know, in the past, the Broncos matchups against him, they've been really tough. So the Jets rankings right here may not necessarily be indicative of what we can expect in terms of the Jets defense being one of the toughest the Broncos will go up against. Yeah, that's the overall impression I got. Obviously, going back and watching some of the Jets games, watching what they're able to do defensively, who they're going up against, what big plays happen against them. And, you know, there's so much that can be skewed here. But when you look at the metrics that we look at every week here in our tell of the tape, yards per game, the Denver Broncos offense right now, they're ranked 14th, averaging 333.3 yards per game. And a majority of that's coming through the air from Russell Wilson. As we have all known, we've shared the context here in the show. The Broncos haven't really had a chance to get the run 
run game going. They haven't found a way to be able to stick with it consistently, though they are getting there. I think they can build toward that. At least that's something that Sean Payton has told us that he's maybe looking forward to seeing here. But you look at that New York Jets defense, and this is where it kind of gets a little interesting here. They're allowing 363.8 yards per game, which is good for 23rd in the NFL. But here's the thing, though, and this is where it kind of skews me. You look at the personnel that the Jets have on defense. When we talk about that defensive line, when we talk about their linebackers, we talk about their secondary they have great players at almost every level of the field here. And one of those guys is CJ Mosley who pursues sideline to sideline. I mean, that's one guy that Sean Payton raved about when he was talking about when watching on tape, this is a guy who stands out in a big way. We know how tough that defensive line is for them, but man, they got linebackers that are fast, athletic fly to the football. And they got guys in the secondary who are very, very sticky and they are very aggressive as well. So it's for them to allow this many yards per game is a little bit of a surprise to me here. Um, when you look at the numbers in terms of, them being bottom 10-ish in the NFL, that to me is a huge surprise. But what about points per game here? When we look at Denver's offense led by Russell Wilson and what they've got going on, what they've been able to achieve here against the Jets defense. Yeah, Broncos scoring 25 points per game, which is 10th in the NFL right now. So I think if you said going into this year, give the Broncos a top 10 offense, hey, I think we'd probably think we were better than one and three at this point. But having a top 10 offense, nonetheless, Cody, I think over the course of an entire season, if you can maintain that, that that cream is going to ultimately rise to the top there. So I like that the Broncos right now, even early in the season, are in the top 10 with 25 points per game. Jets allowing a respectable 20 one points per game defensively which you know really goes to show that hey they may be giving up quite a bit of yardage but not necessarily giving up a ton of points they rank 14th in, in allowing those 21 points per game but where I think the Broncos really can take advantage is just like last week against the Chicago Bears is third down Cody where this is shockingly I think where the Jets are the worst that uh, of the categories that we're looking at is on third down which you mentioned guys like CJ Mosley and a his ability to play sideline to sideline and what we saw against the Chiefs, particularly from him in coverage. And then their secondary, which is full of guys, high price free agents, big time draft picks, guys who are playing really well. So I think, man, it's shocking that they're not nearly coming through as much as you would think on third downs. Well, I think a lot of it too, when you look at maybe how they play it right down in distance, obviously he's a big predicator. If it's third and long, those cornerbacks, they're going to play off sometimes. Unless Robert Sala plans on sending an aggressive blitz, then he'll move them up to at least five or even press them in certain situations. But on third and short, they're really going to try to sell out against the run, and then they're going to bring their corners up to jam. That way it's not easy for the offense to just get a quick pass in, as we've seen. You know, I think that's where Denver's kind of benefited. I think Russell Wilson has done a good job this season of the quick pass, staying in the middle of the pocket there. I think protection for the most part, the last couple of weeks for Denver, it's actually held up. Pretty dang well outside of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, even in the Miami Dolphins game, Russ only got sacked one time. You know, he was hit 12 times, but a lot of those hits came late in that second half there. So for me, I'm looking at where Denver's at. Can they get a quick passing game going? I think if they can find a way to run the football, find themselves in manageable, manageable situations. And also, as we talked about last week on the postgame report, can they avoid pre-snap penalties like false starts or holding on third down? That's really been where they've been impacted in third down categories here this season. Overall, they've been pretty clean in that regard here. But 
if the Broncos are going to beat the Jets, they're going to have to score points, right? And obviously, we all know, cliche as it is, Denver's going to have to get stops defensively. We'll talk about that here in a little bit here. You look at the Broncos in the red zone right now. They're 15th in the NFL, converting 57.1% of their red zone attempts into scores. That's a promising statistic considering where the Broncos were at last year. But they're going to face a very, very tough test. I mean, you mentioned all the yards that the Jets defense has given up this season. They're the true epitome, in my opinion, right now of bend but don't break. And we're seeing that when they get into the red zone, when the defense has has their backs against the wall. They're allowing teams to score on 25% of their red zone attempts there. The Jets defense is the first ranked red zone defense right now in the NFL. And when you look at the personnel that those guys have, they can really tighten up down there. They play a little bit more sticky coverage, inside leverage, and they're physical. And that, I think, is where Denver is going to have to find a way. If you get in the red zone, you have to find a way to score against the Jets because you can't just keep consistently kicking three points. And if the Broncos defense continues the trend in which we've seen, you can't just kick field goals against a team that's maybe scoring points or having explosive plays downfield. And that's going to really set up a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about here on today's episode of the show. But, I mean, this is where other guys come into the, the play here. I mean, Sarah, you look at some of their top defensive players. Obviously, Whitehead leads the team with three interceptions. Um, Davis and Mosley each have one interception apiece. And then, obviously, Jefferson's got two and a half sacks for them. Quinnen Williams has a half sack. Like, Quinnen Williams isn't the guy that's producing as much, right? But I think his impact and what he's been able to do from a physicality standpoint he's commanding attention it's allowing other guys to get home and that is I think where Denver has to find a way to counteract how aggressive I think Robert Sala will try to be against this Broncos offense this week I think so too Sean Payton said it right they've got elite those are elite players that they've got at all three levels of the defense and that's where I think when you get into the red zone that defense can really tighten up and those individual players can make plays in one-on-one situations where you're typically looking for star players to win one-on-one matchups that's where I think they can be so impressive I guess you could say in the red zone is where those those guys Quinton Williams man he's gonna bust up a play on first and goal from the three and all of a sudden you're backed up at the eight or something like that or Sauce Gardner on third and goal from the five he's gonna break up that pass in the end zone you know same with Mosley in, in whatever facet you're talking about so that's where I think you got to make sure you're not just trying to dink and dunk down the field you're not expecting okay we're in you know we're gonna try this play on first down that's only it's only for you know three yards or whatever and then the second down we're trying to kind of just really just play this chess game go for the big plays against these guys because I think that's where they've been susceptible all year and I think that's where the Broncos can take advantage well, let's say Denver finds themselves in a situation where they do have to punt this week. You have to give a little bit of a red alert, red alert here for Xavier Gibson, the undrafted rookie free agent return man who obviously won the game for them week one against the Buffalo Bills walk-off fashion. He's an explosive return guy. He's very good. And Denver special teams unit has been very solid for them so far this season. Can they avoid maybe letting up a big play this week? I think it's something to monitor here, and we'll talk about it here locked on Broncos. But Broncos country, when we continue our tale of the tape here on today's episode of the show, how does the Broncos defense fair against a New York Jets offense that when you look at it by the numbers, it's a little bit of a confusing comparison between the two. Well, we'll dive deeper down today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stat lines, and then you place your entry. And it's really simple to play. Price Picks, what you can do is you can make your picks and submit your entry in less 
than 60 seconds. Super convenient for you on your smartphones there. Plus, they have quick withdrawals, easy game plan, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Plus, they also offer weekly promotions, and they now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, once again, thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for rocking with us, Broncos country. Let's continue diving into the tail of the tape here when the Denver Broncos host the New York Jets on Sunday in Power Field at Mile High. And if you missed Sarah Bettinger's crossover episode with John Butchko of Locked on Jets, make sure you go check that out after you're done listening or watching this podcast wherever you get your podcast here. This is where I think we ask a lot of questions, Sarah, about what type of defense will the Broncos bring forth here this week? Now, obviously, we've talked about it. Some good news in terms of Denver getting some guys back at practice this week. Justin Simmons, P.J. Locke making his return. You also have Mike Purcell, Josie Jewell, Frank Clark. Could all these guys maybe be in line to return? And also Baron Browning returning, but he's got a 21-day window Sean Payton made the suggestion. It doesn't really seem like I think we'll expect Baron Browning here this week against the Jets. But then again, you never know in the NFL. Sean Payton is a very, very secretive man in the way he likes to do things, even though he says things, does another thing here. So a lot to look at here. But when you look at this matchup here between the Broncos defense and the Jets offense, let's take a look at yards per game right now. And this is this pains me. You know, I'm a defensive guy and I hate bad defense. I hate big plays happening. It, it peeves me. Yards per game, the Broncos, they're allowing 461.5 yards per game. That is good for 32nd in the NFL. We know last week they allowed 471 total yards of offense to a very, very bad Chicago Bears offense that was struggling and kind of in some similar categories here as the Jets are offensively. The New York Jets are averaging 252.8 yards per game, which is 30th, Sarah, 30th in the NFL. So in two weeks in a row, the Broncos have played the 31st ranked offense in yards per game and now the 30th ranked offense in yards per game here. These numbers are deceptive because when you look at the Jets, they, they have players, they have weapons, and they could go off. And that, to me, I think is where if we just look at the numbers, it's a little concerning to me where Denver's at defensively versus the Jets offense that has struggled to put up you know, production through the air and also on the ground. Right, and if you want to keep them at 30th in yards per game or where they're at in points per game, 25th at 15.5 points per game, your defense is actually going to have to rise to the occasion, right? You can't just continually be laying down out there when other teams you're going up against, like Justin Fields. I think Chicago Bears fans probably feel like, man, we can rev up those engines about him being the franchise QB again. You can't necessarily let New York Jets fans be doing that after, you know, Zach Wilson played pretty well against the Kansas City Chiefs and here you are as the Denver Broncos defense giving up 37.5 points per game and yeah that number is skewed just a little bit but really just a little bit because the Broncos gave up 35 to the commanders they gave up 28 to the Bears so they would be ranked near the bottom in terms of the points per game that they're allowing regardless and so for the New York Jets I mean really 
you might have an opportunity here to kind of get right as we've been talking about. But for Denver's defense also, as you mentioned, Cody, with all those guys coming back, it kind of does change the complexion quite a bit. It's especially, I think, with a guy like Justin Simmons back in the lineup, it changes the complexion of the defense. And it, it gives you a guy that can actually maybe force some incompletions back there on the back end, whereas the Broncos have been giving up big play after big play so if you can limit big plays maybe you can get back down to a reasonable number here maybe keep the jets closer to their averages of you know 253 yards per game and 15.5 or 16 points per game it's going to be tough when you talk about that rushing attack and where Denver has really struggled stopping the run this season. They got three guys and Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and even Dalvin Cook. I mean, it, it's crazy. And Brees Hall is honestly the one guy that probably scares me the most when you look at the Jets offense because he's so explosive and fast. And, you know, I think coming into this week, the, the overall vibe is that he's no longer on a pitch count, which... Not necessarily great news here if the Broncos continue to allow big explosive plays. They have three backs that are just so capable, not only just hurting you in the run game, but also as pass catchers out of the backfield. To me, that's something I think we have to keep an eye on. But, hey, let's talk about third down here. Denver's defense right now, they're allowing 45.2% of opponents to convert at that rate there, which is 24th in the NFL. It's it's bottom 10 when you talk about that. When you look at the Jets' offense, they're only converting 26.5% of their third down attempts, which is good for 32nd in the NFL. So the bottom ranked third down offense in the NFL, we saw a lot more of a confident team last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, Sarah, to be honest with you, when you look at a struggling offense like the Jets have been so far this season, granted, they lost Aaron Rodgers. You'd have a game like that against a very good team like the Kansas City Chiefs. That could just be the confidence builder that you need to say, you know what, if we can go do this against the Kansas City Chiefs, we can do this against anybody. And so to me, that is where the concern lies here for the Broncos this week. What are we going to get? We don't know. It's like one of those little mystery boxes. You know, you're not, you don't know what you're going to get when you open it up. But hopefully for the Broncos, it's a, a more improved look on defense. And we'll see where they're, where things are at there. But let's talk about the red zone here. This is going to be very interesting. The Broncos, they're allowing teams right now to score on 81.3% of their red zone attempts, which is absolutely brutal. Good for 31st right now in the NFL. I believe the Minnesota Vikings are 32nd, if I'm not mistaken here. And then the Jets offense, they're scoring on 50% of the red zone attempts, which is good for 20. So they're converting on half their attempts when they get in there. And this is where the Broncos have to buckle down. I mean, Sarah, remember a couple of years ago, and even last year too, Denver had a really good red zone defense. And all of a sudden, now we're starting to see them play a lot more zone coverage in the goal line, in the red zone area, which to me, I don't know. And then when they're getting in the red zone, they're also playing a lot of cover three, which means that Cole Komet attacked them up the vertical scene twice in that game against the Bears last week. Well, they have C.J. Uzama, who's obviously a big guy. They have Tyler Conklin, but then they have Garrett Wilson. They have some other receivers that can make plays, not to mention the running backs out of the backfield. Denver is going to have to account for everybody this week. I, Like I said, on paper, it doesn't look very optimistic for what they are able to do if they continue to play the way that they have been. Yeah, it sounds like if the Broncos can sell out to stop the run in this game, there's potential that they could have a bounce back game defensively, right? In terms of, I know that's easier said than done, but really if you can force the ball into Zach Wilson's hands, limit those opportunities in the red zone, right? Get him into third down situations. That's where I think you can kind of make him a little skittish and play into the advantages of your defense, right? Where you've got Pat Sertan, you've got hopefully Justin Simmons, you've got Hopefully we'll see some other guys back this week all over the defense. So to me, Cody, it's really a matter of limit those opportunities for them to get into the red, keep them out of the red zone. And we know that 
I mean, over the course of time, I mean, there was some games where Vance Joseph's defenses got up for Denver. I mean, I'm trying to think back. I remember the Arizona game where that defense was just dominant a few years back, but certainly they've they've got it in them or he's got it in him to call the correct game, especially against an opponent like this where you would expect to be able to take advantage or you would we, we always expect the other team to get right against Denver well this is a real opportunity for their defense to get right against a quarterback like Zach Wilson remember when Vic Fangio was the coach and the Broncos were going up against Zach Wilson in his rookie season and it was kind of like well this is an automatic W for the Broncos because rookie quarterbacks, they don't do squat against Vic Fangio. We need to get to that level because remember, and I think the Broncos almost shut him out or shut him out that game. You need to get back to that point, right, of being able to say, look, against a quarterback like Zach Wilson, we're not going to let him have a bounce back game. We're not going to let him keep that momentum going. So the Broncos defense just unfortunately isn't there yet. But maybe after this weekend, we will be able to have a little bit of confidence to say things like that. Well, if the defense continues to struggle at the rate that they have been, Sarah, I don't think we'll see a change after this game because you have a short week to prepare for Kansas City on Thursday night football. But I think if something, if it doesn't change after that Kansas City game, there could be a change here for the Broncos at defensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, like I said, you never want to see anybody lose their jobs, but there's a lot of pressure on Vance Joseph to help get this defense right. And look, players have come out and they've said, you know, it's not just on Vance. Obviously, we all know, like we've acknowledged that. Like Vance obviously has got to put these guys in a position to, to succeed. But the players got to go out there and they've got to execute as well. And they've got to win their matchups and they haven't been doing that. So there's mutual blame when we talk about it. But if things aren't changing, we've seen Sean Payton so far here this season change some things. And I don't think he's got much patience left if the defense continues to play the way that they are. So with that said, Broncos country, let us know what you're looking at in terms of the tail of the tape. How are you feeling about Sunday's matchup against the New York Jets? We'll have a bonus episode of Lockdown Broncos for you here on Friday as we get the final injury report from Sean Payton ahead of Sunday's matchup. Plus, you're going to get our players to watch and keys to victory. You're going to get all that on Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you then. Broncos country.